Welcome to the Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altress. I'm your host, Joe McGarry, and today we are happy to say we're celebrating Engineers Week. Now, you probably knew that engineers had an entire week of their own, but I have to say I was not too savvy on that point. Someone who's going to tell us much more about it and probably explain more of my failings to understand engineering is Brandon Lester. He's the Indo-Pacific Director for AI for Booz Allen Hamilton, where he helps clients address their missions with innovative technology solutions. He's led teams in the tech and defense sectors for over 15 years, providing digital transformation, enterprise cloud, data analytics, cybersecurity, and collaboration tools to the Department of Defense. Brandon also serves as the president of AFCEA Hawaii, a nonprofit membership association that aims to advance professional knowledge and relationships for government. Brandon is a certified information system security professional, project management professional, and certified cloud engineer and architect. He holds engineering degrees from the University of Maryland and John Hopkins University. Welcome, Brandon. Thank you so much. How are you? I'm doing really well. Very happy to be here. No, it's lovely to have you and congratulations on being here during Engineers Week. Of course, we would have an Engineers Week nowadays, right? Mm -hmm. You're positions in our global society are more important than ever, I think. It, it seems we can't turn around without some advancements in defense or AI or security. Or Did you get into this field imagining that it was going to be a growing, very exciting field to be in? Absolutely not. Uh, I, I could speak for my fast 15 years of experience, and I probably couldn't predict the next role I've had in every single one of my career moves. Starting early career, I knew I was interested in things like science and math, but it was really the desire to build things that drew me in. And I'd always gotten advice. Once you become an engineer, it's a mindset. You can really do anything you want after that. And has that been true? It has for me. Uh, certainly my past few jobs, I never would have predicted would end up on my resume. Director of AI is not something I thought would be a real job <laughs> for, right. for me anytime <laughs> 15 soon. 15 years ago, definitely not, mm -hmm. right? And, and preceding my, my career at Booz Allen Hamilton, I was at Microsoft, which again, from a, a giant technology organization um, as a mechanical engineer early in my career, it didn't necessarily come up as places that I think I'd end up. And it's a really interesting arena, isn't it, right now? Because... You work with or on behalf of so many people who are dealing with, let's just talk about internet technology mm -hmm. for now, who really have absolutely no idea how any of it works. You know, I mean, in the olden days, engineers were probably more relatable because you were dealing with things that people had a big knowledge about, right? Not entirely. But this is a whole new ballgame, isn't it? Especially now with AI. I mean, we're living in a time when things are developing so quickly. There are many people on the planet who have absolutely no idea what's going on with the phone in their hand. Absolutely. And technology is one facet of the way we look at things. There's always the triad. People talk about people, process, technology. As a technologist and engineer, the first thing I have to think about is, while this may come naturally to me, it doesn't to other folks. So as I spend time thinking about what a technical problem might be, really trying to understand the audience that is engaging and have a conversation that meets them where they are. So give us an idea of like a typical day for you at Booz Allen. I mean, 
I think most people listening just have no idea what would be going on with you. What kind of problems are you facing on a daily basis? Booz Allen is um, a, a consulting organization that's really leaned in heavily on technologies to support all of our clients. And the biggest thing I would say from a day-to-day basis is I have a, a team of excellent engineers, technologists, AI practitioners, uh, and they're really spending most of their time with those clients on a regular basis. So we're trying to build big picture views of where we should be headed, what the future strategy may be, and tying together what we hear today as problems so that we can get after what those solutions might be. How much of it is security involved, security based? I mean, obviously, everyone's very cognizant of security now, especially that now that things live in the cloud. Mm. How much of that is within your forward thinking? I think cybersecurity is an underpinned um, topic on pretty much everything nowadays. How relevant it is in any given specific solution really depends on what we're being asked to focus on. But I would say the biggest, um, the biggest focus there tends to be getting folks aware of cybersecurity as an initial problem that needs to be solved, not just an afterthought. Can we talk about that for just a few minutes? Sure. I think for a lot of people listening, this might be something that you know they can really relate to. Most people are aware that you have to have a secure password, right? You have to like have a few bits of security mm-hmm. um, in your own home uh, digital environment, but. It does seem to me that we're just lacking dreadfully in our own security, considering that most people now do digital banking. They mm-hmm. have all their work files online. All our medical files are online now. Our whole lives are online. Those of us wearing Aura rings are very aware that everyday data about our bodies is going up to the cloud. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you would like people to be more aware of when you see people just bumbling along? What are some of the things you would like to say to a broad audience of how to be more, just more aware? It's not uncommon that I get a text or an email. Is this a scam? Uh huh. So the more folks are exposed to understanding what's good, what's bad, when they might be getting fished, which is an email trying to trick you into something else. Uh, the two tips I always give, and this is my cybersecurity background, is you're really not supposed to reuse passwords anywhere. And no one's asking everyone to remember a thousand passwords. But if you have a key password that gets leaked and now someone has access to your other accounts and maybe that leads to your bank and that leads to something else, you don't know where the problem happened. So the more often we can actually segregate what those accounts are using, don't share the passwords. And the second big tip I always give is what we call the multi-factor or two-factor authentication so that if someone does in fact steal your password, they can only get into your account if they also have access to your phone or something like that. So those two big protections are really step one. And if you do those two, you're pretty well off. And believe it or not, there is a huge push in the industry to get rid of all passwords. So we we will have a passwordless future in which we're using our phones for more of that biometric authentication, but hopefully sooner than later. So that's going to be more like pupil recognition, thumbprints, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you'll have to have physical uh, contact with a device that you trust, whether that's a a USB kind of key that you plug into your computer or your phone. And all those secure keys will be stored within those physical entities so that someone else on the other side of the world can't physically steal that device and get into your account. 
I know right now that there's someone listening. There's probably many people listening, and they're just going, "Oh, good for you to say like change your password all the time." Mm. A lot of people can't even come up with a, a sensible password. Someone who works in IT where I work is extremely helpful, and he gave me a fabulous password a few years ago and said to me, "This is how you change it all the time," and it's so simple. And I change it because it has numbers at the beginning. It has some signs, and it's super easy to remember. I think everyone should know stuff like that. Do you have any tips for people on like how to create good passwords that are easy to keep changing? One key feature, although not every website will rely on this, but the longer the password, the better. So if you have a sentence or a passphrase, we talk about sometimes like a line of a song or something mm-hmm, that you love, and and then you put in something that's not necessarily recognizable as associated with that, that's far more secure than one at sign E-D-A-S, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The longer the password, the harder it is to break. And while we're talking about engineers week, without projecting too far what a a future-looking technology is, quantum cryptography is the idea that when quantum computers exist, which is now, but not in widespread use, they will be able to hack every single secure thing we have today because they just have that much more computing That's power. such a reassuring thought, Brandon. Thank <laughs> you for sharing that. So what we're looking at is future-proofing now so that before we get to that point, people understand what all of those things mean. But if you think of a, a password that we talk about eight characters, in the future, we won't think about what that length is because it's going to be handled in a different manner. Well, I suppose that's a really good thing. And it's amazing to think that there are people like you who are already years ahead thinking about these things, because most people are just annoyed that they can't remember their password. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's a lot of people relating to that. Um, you know, talking about the future and about how things will look in the future, I know that part of what you do is is Booz Allen Hamilton is involved with different partnerships and engineers week is obviously really important to bring attention to what you do. Tell us a little bit about why it's so important to you and the people you work with. Absolutely. So one of Booz Allen's engagements with the chamber of commerce is engineering sector partnership. And what that brings is general awareness along the lines of our mission to help grow Hawaii's engineering and STEM talent. We always talk about getting more folks into the technology world, but also making sure that they have the skills to go succeed in what that might need to be. So it's not just learn your algebra. It's do you have an interest? How do we make sure people are aware of what engineering is and why they should be interested in that? And in addition, knowing what those careers might be. Uh, I have two young boys, and if I talk to them about math, okay, I might scratch today's itch but if i talk to them about building things and being curious that sparks a different interest and then after that getting more folks involved and interested in what what they would do with those skills it's a very interesting growing field isn't it when you think about young minds coming into it now because i know that part of what you do too is you go into schools and you talk to young children and you do field days Uh, what kind of reactions are you getting like if you're doing a field day for example why is that so important it really gives the students and uh, and sometimes teachers and parents as well the opportunity to get a hands-on understanding of what engineering really can be. So Booz Allen's worked with uh, teammates to build demonstrations. Uh, there's an example, we bring Legos into the classroom and you have two folks build with the same set of Legos, but you have to be able to communicate 
without looking at each other on what you're building and how you're building it. And you really understand technology's a version of it, but being able to to understand what's happening changes the story. They must love that. I can just have such good visual of that happening. Mm-hmm. How how well prepared do you see young people who have a, a love for math being right now? I mean, is there much more awareness now in schools of the potential to get into engineering and be in a whole different world? I worry sometimes. Uh, I worry, especially with the changing pace of technology, but also the accelerated uh, efforts for things like AI. So while we have curriculums that will get students interested in math or science or even some application of those, the next step is really getting students interested to apply that and to uh, really make use of that in something outside of the textbook because that's how it sticks. Uh, the learning methods of memorization only gets you so far. So I think the the preparation that's required will ultimately be our students actively engaging. And that's a typical learning problem. But for engineering in particular, it builds on itself over and over and over and over. And you can make it so much more exciting nowadays. I mean, even just the thought of children starting to understand AI through looking at Lego models. I mean, they relate just like that. That's not something foreign to them. There's a lot of interesting perceptions out there too. Uh, a conversation I had with a student about AI, the reaction happened to be, oh no, I don't, I don't want to deal with lasers and robots. Uh-huh. Um, so it's, it's really just broadening an understanding of what it's going to mean in the future. And because things are happening so fast now, even folks in the field like myself are still learning rapidly, but really trying to understand what it means for the layperson tomorrow. It's really, it shows the importance, I think, of the Chamber of Commerce and the kind of work that they do in the community, that they recognize that these kind of partnerships are super important to the development of small business, right? Because if we're not going in and starting to develop interest and to educate when people are young enough to to change their course and and get online we're really way behind the eight ball fundamentally it takes a long time to build an engineer and and a lot of that is experience along the way Uh, even in my past 15 years i would say i'm still really novice in a lot of fields and we're starting to see you know the renaissance style of person where while you could be very deep in a field, there are just so many related technologies and related components. I started my career as a mechanical engineer. Somehow I'm in AI now. Uh, I, I'm not as well-versed in what today's mechanical engineers would be learning, and that's okay. I think there's toolboxes. We put a new tool into that, and then you are able to build something new and something different after that. Can people contact you through, like typically we'll put information about you up on the Chamber website after the podcast. Obviously, they can contact you that way if they mm-hmm. wanted you to come and speak to their firms or to their school. Or I'm presuming that that would be something that would be fairly easy for people to do. Yeah, I think the easiest way to find me publicly would be LinkedIn or the contact info, but I would absolutely love it. Okay, we'll put all of that down. You know, 
I, I just wonder, can we spend a couple of minutes? Because I know people are fascinated by this. And as you alluded to, there's just such widespread misunderstanding about AI. Um, I think that right now that most people, if you ask them from students to teachers to, you know, old people, uh, very mistrustful, very worried, very, the word plagiarism comes up a lot, the the, the cheating aspect, the fact that someone's just writing something for you. What are some of the things that you're very excited about about AI? What are the things that you see like, my goodness, we have no idea how well this is going to go? One thing AI is going to do is maximize everything that might be a manual task now and automate those things away. So an, a good example would be a lot of people are probably familiar with traveling abroad and you don't know how to speak the other language AI has come a long way, even just in the past few years, to miniaturize what translation capabilities you may need onto your phone. You can have a fully translated discussion with someone in almost any other language with a model that runs on your phone sitting in front of you, and that is AI. So that's a very easy to understand practical So is the phone translating and then the phone, like the AI intelligence is speaking from your phone to the person? Or do you have to still get involved slightly and read what's on your phone? It can speak back to the other language. So see, to me, that says that's a step backwards. Because if we're not using our brains to learn another language or interact with another human being and have all the fun of going into a shop in Paris and trying to order, you know, going into a restaurant and trying to order, you know, a bottle of wine or a coffee, there's so much fun in that. There's so much satisfaction in being able to speak another language. I, I, you come up with a better positive than that, Brad. Come up with something <laughs> well, more exciting than that. I, I don't disagree with you. I think the capability there is meaningful. Uh, Another example would probably be collecting all of your bills that you didn't know about and they're just lingering out there, maybe in your email or maybe yes. maybe somewhere else. It's going to be able to just gather all these things and share. Uh, another another example would be one of the most well-known applications of AI today is ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. ChatGPT is really just an interface to one of those AI models. It happens to be the most advanced AI model. I was sitting with a group and just demonstrating how we don't really anticipate how creative it can be while it's still just based on a giant model of numbers. And it's a matrix of different things, predicting what the next thing should be. You can literally go out there and create prose images, music, and it's a little bit mind blowing what we thought was the nature of human creativity. And we've now somehow, embodied it while it is still feeling like a black box experience it's now in some kind of capability that can produce what we think is creative work i think that leads to one of the other maybe not so happy concerns in the future is how do we understand what is human what is ai how do we make it a symbiotic relationship versus a lot of fears people might have is ai going to take my job Uh, often in the field we talk about how AI is not going to take your job, but someone that knows AI and someone that can be productive and, and more uh, focused on the next task, they might take the job if someone's not necessarily familiar with the technology. It's just fascinating, isn't it? Are you getting asked more and more when you're in work and out of work about th- these kind of things? I mean, about how how you see AI, you and your colleagues? Sometimes. I try not to bring work home too much. <laughs> I try to focus you have on... two little boys, right? So yeah. you can't really help it because there's so many exciting things. Happening. Absolutely. And I think AI is a topic as any other technology that will have a really big 
uh, highlight here and and there's a lot going on but it will also become normalized and we'll figure out what the next big technology to complement ai is after that so exciting and i think from hawaii's perspective on the chamber of commerce podcast we've already had guests coming in and talking again much like you but in slightly different fields of how we're preparing the young people in hawaii to go into all these different fields because it's something that can be a huge industry for hawaii i mean we really are perfectly poised i think to to get some great brain power going brandon thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us and for telling us why engineering week is so important thank you so much for having me very welcome Brandon Lester is the Indo-Pacific Director of AI for Booz Allen Hamilton, where he helps clients address their missions with innovative technology solutions. You have been listening to The Voice of Business, the official podcast of the Chamber of Commerce Hawaii, brought to you by Altris on this Engineers Week. I'm your host, Joe McGarry. We'll see you next time for more stories of Hawaii's small business.